When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Exciting time for Sevens Rugby, of course, and the All Blacks and uh, Blackburn Seven squads for the upcoming Rugby World Cup. Sevens have been named this morning with both looking to defend their back-to-back titles in Cape Town. The format is cutthroat, though, with both sides playing just one must-win match to advance to the quarterfinals in front of what is expected to be 50,000 South African fans. Clark Laidlaw, of course, is head coach of the All Black Sevens. He joins us now uh, from the airport, I'm led to believe. Clark, you better give us a... Uh, how are you? Where are you at the moment? Yeah, good morning. Uh, I'm still still in LA, so... Yeah, we're just starting to travel um, across the Cape Town, so a big couple of days ahead. Um, I think it's a 17-hour uh, flight with a 7-hour way over in Dubai and then another nine or ten hours down to Cape Town. So, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, an exciting couple of days and a chance to put the feet up, I guess, and uh, dust ourselves off before we get to Cape Town. Well, it's been a, a fantastic uh, couple of days of, um, of celebrating, I would imagine, because uh, that was one, uh, one hell of a performance. Uh, can you give us your reflection on that, first of all, to win that title? Yeah, it was... Yeah, we're extremely proud of the way the men applied themselves through the weekend. There was there was a lot happening. It was pretty obvious. We we got a few injuries through through the tournament. Um, you know, we had a particularly hard group with with Canada and then USA at home and, and South Africa. So, you know, it gave us a lot of confidence that first day. The way we navigated our way through the day and and built the tournament nicely. And you know, I think one of the most pleasing things was was probably the way that the whole squad fronted as well as winning games different ways, you know. So, as I said, I thought we dominated day one really well and then got on top of Ireland early. And then Samoa, we were obviously two tries down twice in the game, two yellow cards. Um, you know, there's enough there for us to, to lose that game for sure. Um, but to come through that and then still have enough energy with, yeah, we had 10 players stripped. But, yeah, to be honest, there was probably eight that were fully fit and another two that just had the front. So, to be Fiji in a, you know, a pretty thrilling game wasn't it you know a real high scoring game end to end a game was really pleasing because um, you know it gives a lot of confidence we can get in those those types of games and still come through you've got a very busy time on uh, the world series circuit as such but when you're playing that have you always got uh, particularly in a world cup year you've got you've got this world cup in mind yeah like the whole year was based around the commonwealth games and and um in the world cup and but when you play a World Series tournament, once you're in the tournament, there's nothing you can do, you know, so it's not like you can rest people up between games or not play the next game. You've only got your 30 men that are stripped and, and they just have the front, you know, so we definitely have liked to rotate our team and, and potentially not go as deep um, as our reserves to win those games, but we had no choice once the tournament starts, so 
So yeah, well, I I think before the tournament to towards Cape Town, but you know, once we went that fight and we just got our heads down and you know, winning any tournament um, very difficult. So that was again one of the really pleasing things. We're an opportunity, and you know, we've made three finals in the World Series this year out of five. So so again, getting over the line gives us confidence. As you say to the to the one eye that was heading towards Cape Town next week. Uh, obviously, of course, because you've had less opportunity than uh, most of the other sides in the World Cup. I think, as you say, you've, you haven't had that uh, level of participation for various reasons. Um, so um, just how much confidence do you think uh, that win in LA has, has given the group? I mean, we've done so well at World Cups previously. Um, was it just a reminder of their capabilities and, and the fact that you're getting it right at the right time? I think so, mate. And I, I think... You know, we obviously lost an extra time to Fiji in the Commonwealth Games. We lost the extra time in the final in London. So it's three tournaments in a row we feel we've really performed well. Um, but maybe some of the younger players and, and maybe some of the older players that we haven't played as much recently have forgot how deep you have to go to win to win big tournaments, you know, mentally and, and physically how, you know, I described it to the players this week around going into their soul to, to find a way to win. Um, and I think that's a timely reminder. It's, it's given us real confidence in our game, but it's also, you know, really front of mind now how difficult it is um, to win tournaments. So hopefully now we've felt it again. You know, the muscle memory is, is a little bit clearer, and we can we can try and repeat it uh, come Cape Town. That's a, a big attrition rate for one tournament, though, to lose uh, that number of players. And when you look at the group that you couldn't pick, including the likes of Tim Mickelson and. Uh, Rhodes Featherston, uh, Kationa Vai, Joe Weber, Leroy Carter, Roderick Solo, Shay Clark, Andrew Newstead. You have uh, obviously developed quite a deep, a, a deep pool, Clark, to come up with what you've got. Yeah, and the whole staff and players should be really, really proud of that because we've had no rugby for two years. You've just named a pretty good seven side that that can't be there, you know. And I, and I look at the team we've picked, and we've got every confidence we can go there and play well. So. So that's always been something we've been striving for. Um, you know, and if I'm being honest, it's, it's, it's pretty difficult when there's no adult sevens in New Zealand. We don't have anywhere where we can develop with talent. We don't have any tournaments. You know, there's no nationals or, or provincials or super rugby sevens. So for these men to, to train the way they have, uh, to build a, a deep squad, as you say, to, towards 20 players, it's really encouraging. And, you know, I do take my hat off to the players, to the leaders, to the staff because they work extremely hard to get these new group of players ready to, to be up for selection. Well, it looks like you made a very good call in uh, leaving out uh, Sam Dixon, Scott Curry and Dylan Collier. Now, they're three very experienced names uh, for this World Cup that you're able to bring back into the squad. Um, and a, a terrific injection there of experience alongside the likes of Kurt Baker, I think, playing in his third Sevens World Cup. Yeah, the old dog um, fronted on the weekend, didn't he? He was... Um there were some pretty big moments in those semi-finals and finals that he really stood up. And you look at his record, you know, he's, he's won a lot of pinnacle events and a lot of big tournaments. So, so that composure that he showed alongside, like, the Sione, and I thought Aquila and um, Narohi, you know, really stepped up in those playmaking roles. They really, they really took the team by the scruff of the neck. And we've seen that in little bits and pieces, but I thought on the weekend it was probably the most complete performance that those boys put in. So... Yeah, with, with, with the guys coming back that have been rested, plus that crew, it's, it's still a really exciting team when I look at it on paper. And, um, yeah, certainly one that we're excited about getting back on the field. 
Tell us a, a wee bit about the format, Clark, if you can, because um, our understanding is that uh, you have a cutthroat match against either Jamaica or Scotland, uh, September the 10th, yep. New Zealand time. Tell us, tell us a wee bit about the format this time around. Yeah, well, you know, you're in a seeded group, so or I've seeded, um, we've seeded fifth, so we're not really sure um, how we got seeded fifth after winning the last one, but I guess it's something to do with the World Series that we've not been fully part of, so... So that's made it pretty tricky. So we right with either Jamaica or Scotland. You know, I would think that Scotland will be good enough. Um, it's their last ever tournament together before they go to GB. So uh, as a Scotsman, I'm already um, slightly nervous around. I know what kind of energy and passion is going to be coming the other way. And then if we're good enough to beat them, then we play Argentina, who you know are a top four side in the world this year. They've won Vancouver. Um, you know they're seeded so just to even get to the quarter final we're going to have to play two quality um, World Series teams that you know are definitely going to cause us some some uh, challenges so, so yeah it certainly sharpens the attention um, I grew up playing sevens in Scotland obviously and, and every sevens tournament was straight knockout so I'm not sure if it's if that's where it comes from you know with the Melrose Cup um, obviously being the World Cup and where it all started so so maybe that's why why they came up with this format I don't know it's a dangerous one, there's no doubt about it. It's a long way to go if you don't get things right um, right from the outset. Your, your squad includes a, a truckload of experience, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, at the top of the order when you, you, you bring those big names back in. But two of the new players, the very new players, um, Moses Leo and uh, Brady Rush, could you give us a, a little bit of information about those two, please? Yeah, they're both um, players that came through the Ignite Sevens a couple of years ago and they never had the opportunity to play um, due to COVID. Came in just before we got shut down after Vancouver. So, yeah, I suppose it's a Harbour boy. Um, you know, he's outstandingly quick, um, real pace and power. But you see on the weekend, he's really adding past his game. There's some beautiful ball transfer and offloading. Um, he's an outstanding tackler. Um, you know, real physical. And he's brought a real edge to you know to a wing play alongside Caleb Tungtow. The two of them have become a really good combination out there. And then Brady, obviously, um, Simmons pedigree, but again, he played really well in the first four tournaments, a bit more of a link player in the middle of the field. Um, you know, we can see him playing first or second receiver or, or maybe even Hooker as, you know, as he keeps developing physically. So, so yeah, we're really, you know, really happy with those two boys. They've done a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, they have to be really patient and, and hang around, you know, through that couple of years. And they're certainly showing real good signs now that they can compete at this level. Clark, uh, I'm just uh, interested in the coaching strategies, uh, perhaps going into a World Cup like this. So we see in 15s rugby, uh, a lot of coaches sitting upstairs with laptops in front of them. There's a group of about five or six with various ideas. Sevens rugby uh, happens a lot more quickly, of course. You've got less chance to recover from deficits, etc. How much work do you lap, How much laptop work do you do going into a tournament? How much is just reactionary stuff from you sitting sideline? Yeah, and certainly once the game starts, there's very little you can do to, to influence. You, you can be really clear with your substitutions. You can be really clear if there's a simple message that, you know, is going really well or an area we think we can target at half-time. But I think it really puts the onus on how much you prepare and problem-solve in training. You've got to try and create scenarios and put your players under pressure um, almost every day that we come up with different, you know, different games, different challenges, different point-scoring systems that we... We try and replicate things we think might happen in the game. Obviously, we look at opposition and 
there's certain trends, you know, as, as every team has their own DNA and how they want to play and how they want to put their game on you. And you know, but we, you know, we deliberately focus a lot of our attention on how we want to play. We think when we get that right, our defensive system can really work hard and and keep our, you know keep the opposition out. And when we get the balance and we're talking and keeping that ball alive and moving it quickly as well as with physicality, then you know we're a bloody tough team to stop too. So. So yeah, I certainly think the, the analysis and the computer work has done very early for us. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we'll shape our training based on Scotland and Argentina. Um, so what we think we need to be really good at, Argentina bring a lot of line speed, which is different to, to some of the other opposition. So so yeah, we're well aware of the opposition now and, and we just try and filter that into, into how we train each training block. So it's not necessarily what opposition, it's more trends that we know that we're going to have to solve um, as the tournament goes on. As you rested players uh, in the uh, recent event in LA, uh, Clark, I just wonder if, if you looked across the squads that uh, participated in LA, was that um, was that quite common uh, leading into the World Cup? I mean, did we see the actual South African side? Did we see the Fijian side as such? Because you would imagine South Africa at home are going to be one hell of a hard nut to crack. Yeah, the, the first part, the teams were at full strength. Um, there was only South Africa three guys that were injured. Um, they're all going to be fit for the World Cup. They weren't fit to play. Um, but certainly looking at Fiji, you know, they had 14 players there. We, we ironically shared a bus with Fiji to the airport today, which I thought probably some sevens up. Um, they're trying to knock, you know, knock each other around in a final 24 hours ago, and we're now on a bus together to the airport. So, so yeah, they've got the same group travelling. Um, you know, and, and I think all the teams really, because we travel straight to Cape Town, from here, then they were at full strength, maybe apart from one or two. So, so yeah, it was a true reflection, I think. Um, and as I say, us having maybe two or three fresher guys coming in, you know, hopefully that can prove a point of difference. Well, Clark, uh, thanks very much for your time. I, I know you've uh, got a lot of travelling to do. I don't know what you do uh, on those long-haul flights, but uh, good luck doing it. And uh, when you get there, uh, let's hope you prepare well. And uh, that first up game, uh, all of them are so important, but uh, due to the format, uh, you can't afford to be asleep starting off. So congratulations uh, on what you achieved over the weekend. All the best, mate. Uh, we'll be following it very closely here from home. Cheers. Thanks a lot, mate. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck, play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.